0: Welcome to the first episode of the Stem with Grace podcast. I'm your host, River Terrell, a non-binary nerd gracefully sharing science stories. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about my background in research and science, why I started Stem with Grace, and what science communication is, why it's important, and why it should matter to you. For the first segment of today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about me and my background. So I'm a fourth year biology student at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm in the Dean Scholars Honors Program, and I've been doing research since my first year. Um, I I started research in middle school, actually, with science fairs. And I did one project that was physics related, and then the second year I did a Cellular and Molecular Biology Project and uh, fell in love with science. I love doing research, doing data analysis, and I just really enjoy the process of science and learning new things and always asking questions. I did pretty early on in high school that I wanted to pursue a career in science when I met uh, my mom's cousin, Leslie Northrop who is a brilliant geneticist and at the time worked at Columbia and had her own lab. And she uh, took me around and showed me the machines in the lab, how they run PCRs, looking at kerotypes. And it was so interesting. And I didn't know that at up to that point that it could be a career. And I was so enamored that I came back to high school and the next semester I walked into my freshman biology classroom and told my professor I want to be a geneticist. And I was so, so excited about this because I finally had an idea of what I wanted to study in science. I'd always known that I wanted to go into science as a longtime Star Trek nerd, as a Enthusiast for chemistry and memorizing the periodic table song. And uh, I went through many phases of wanting to be a scientist from an astronaut to astrophysicist to nanotechnologist, then to a geneticist. And that's where I have stayed for the longest. I got to college. I joined the Freshman Research Initiative, which is a program that UT puts on so that undergraduates who don't have much research experience in wet lab can get started. in more technical research. And what I mean by wet lab is being at the bench working with pipettes. So when you picture your typical biologist or your typical chemist, that's the kind of lab instead of computational or uh, just reading books at the library and doing science that way, which is still perfectly valid, just uh, being at the bench with microscopes and pipettes and chemicals that way. So I joined the aptamer stream when I was in my freshman year of college, and started doing research on aptamers, which are basically molecular stickers. They're very similar to antibodies, um, so they're just like molecular signals. They're little tiny snippets of DNA or RNA that attach to a molecule or a protein, some target uh, biological substance, and send a signal that way. Um, And then I started getting into reproducibility studies and how often science experiments that are published are able to be reproduced. And that was really, really interesting to me because I started studying the culture of science and how we think about publications in academia and really getting into, okay, what makes science work? How do we do this? It's it's not just one person individually in a lab. How do we share our research in a way that actually matters and furthers the field? Um, Then I switched gears a little bit. Um, When I was a junior, I started in an immunology lab. So I had always been interested in genetics. And then I kind of got to this, uh, the aptamer phase, which was very similar to an antibody. And then I started learning more about immunology and got into an immunology lab and then had some at the same time I was getting into science communication so I, on a whim, uh, registered for a class by Anthony Dudo, who is the head of the science communication program at UT, which has been so amazing to work with him and learn from him. And I really started getting into science communication. So that is my background in research. I have been doing, uh, I've done biology, chemistry, immunology, And then I'm now moving into more of science communication research and social sciences, looking at how scientists think about science communication, how the public understands science and views science as a field, both logically and emotionally, how how people feel about science, how people feel about science journalism on both sides. I've done some research interviewing journalists and scientists. Um, And then have really started moving into the science communication space and looking at uh, the culture and the inclusivity and the why why science matters and how it works. Um so that's how I've got here and I started STEM with Grace to really further this process and share it all with you because at least in my opinion science that is not shared is science that doesn't matter because what matters about science is that it is curiosity driven and community oriented. I think that Until we share our research, until science is um, common ground, uh, there's a limit to what we can discover and how we can move forward. For the next bit, I want to talk about what science communication is and how it can look. So we've gone into a little bit about my background, and I obviously got into science communication in the last year and a half, two years. Um, this was also at the same time that COVID was starting, which was really fascinating to see how science was being internalized, what messages were being shared about COVID and vaccines and how uh, masking was going to work and all of the um surrounding issues around COVID. And it's also been a time when climate change has been more and more of a uh, topic in public conversation and in the news. And it's been uh, really interesting to follow the communication and the journalism of climate change, of uh, COVID and vaccines, and then monkeypox in the last few years. And really follow this like how science is becoming kind of more of a topic and uh, character in the public eye as it were. Um, so science communication can take a lot of different forms. It can be sharing science to other scientists, which is how we generally communicate in the in the academia world, which is by publishing papers in academic journals and sharing them with other scientists in this, you know, process of peer review and getting your research out to other researchers who will probably care. Um, The part of science communication that I'm really interested in is how we communicate science to non-science experts. So there's no one idea of what the public is and how, uh, who makes up the public because there are so many groups and you can't um, group them all into a monolith. But this kind of outward facing science communication can take a lot of different forms, such as writing articles um, for news sources or in blogs, giving lectures, public speaking, um, producing science-themed media content. We've seen a lot of uh, uptick in TikToks and YouTube channels that talk about science. Uh, Hank Green is one of my favorites. Um, But then another part of science communication is working with policymakers to inform decision-making based on science. Generally, the goal of SCICOM is to increase the public understanding of science, its role in society, to promote critical thinking and then informed uh, decision making. So science communication, the way that I've pursued it and started is obviously by starting this podcast and by starting to create a following on Instagram to share kind of my journey in science, what my life as a scientist looks like. And what it can look like and how it can matter to people who aren't involved in science on the daily basis. Um, I think it's really interesting to know how science affects you daily. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who think that, you know, science is not for them. They're not a science person. And I think that it's really important that we change the narrative about science and who is capable of being a scientist, because it really is something that anyone can do. Science is just a way of looking at the world. It is a lens that is based on curiosity that really lets you ask questions and explore them. And it's just a, it's a helpful way of seeing the world and it's not something that we should gatekeep and it's something that should be available to everyone. So what are some examples of science working in your daily life? So if we just go through a typical day and trace the science that you interact with, uh, you wake up in the morning and depending on when you wake up and how you feel, that's probably based on your circadian rhythms. So there are sleep scientists that study how people sleep and feel after they sleep and what you know quality of sleep you're getting and how you're dreaming and the conditions around your sleep affect your health. Then you can go and have coffee or breakfast and there are people who study the chemistry of you Um internalizing those molecules and how that affects your nutrition and your health that way. Um, then you probably get in a car or a bus or a scooter and you ride to work. And that is a feat of engineering and technology to make those uh, v- methods of transportation. Uh, if you walk, that's also exercise science and uh, kinesiology is the fancy word for that, um, which just you know studies how you move and how your muscles work to to get you to the place that you want to go. Um, if you do work, there are science uh, aspects and science fields about social science and how people work and function and view their jobs. Um, there are relationship scientists that look at how you interact with your boss, your co-workers, your friends, Uh, your family, your relationships, that's a field of science. There are, if you turn on the news and you're looking at the weather forecast, that is also a type of science. Weather science is, uh, it's gotten a bad rap for not always being accurate, but in the last uh, several years, it has made huge strides to become more and more accurate and incorporate data from a ton of different sources. Um, So, all of these things are science based, and I will not go through the rest of the day, but just to illustrate the point that all of these things are science, the makeup that you wear, the clothes that you wear, the uh, drinks that you the drinks and food that you consume, the way that you get to and from work, the everything about your life is in some way connected to science. And even apart from these like human made things, there's also just the planet that we're living in is something that can be studied by science and understood by science. And especially in a time of uh, really drastic climate change, it's really important that we can have this common language to talk about science of the climate and the planet and how it is going to impact all of us and how it already does impact all of us. So science communication, I think, is so important because science is all around us. And um, obviously there's that element of, you know, having this shared language and having this kind of um, shared understanding, but then it can also, um, it's also really important to think about the emotional side of science communication rather than just fact sharing. Um, there's an idea in science communication called the information deficit model. And this is basically the idea that when you are in a disagreement with someone, if you give them facts, they will agree with you, Uh, which is often kind of the narrative that scientists have of that, oh, I'm going to share my research with people. And once I do, they will agree with me about my conclusions, about my ideas, about how we should move forward and why we should care and how we should care about certain things. And there's so much research to show that this is not how belief works. Uh, It's not just based on facts. We are emotional and social creatures and we internalize information based on our past experiences and we compare them to information we already hold, what values we have, our cultural backgrounds. Um, And it's really important that we acknowledge these things and come at it from empathy. And of course, the irony of this is that I am telling you that the information deficit model doesn't work as if you will agree with me. But um, I think that's also why I'm starting this podcast and why I have my Instagram account is that I really want to engage this following and build engagement in a uh, in a way that really is not just uh, the, the typical ivory tower of science uh, image and share things that are value-based and my experience with them and why I feel the way I do about many things in addition to just my research. Um, Science communication is also really important because it can spark curiosity. I think it's really interesting that we uh, and important that we go back to the way that we think when we're kids about why is the sky blue? Why are leaves green? Uh, How does wind work? Why does um, the world spin? Why do we only see parts of the moon uh, at any given time of the month? Um, I think it's so important, and I think we lose a lot of that curiosity as we grow up. And in science, you're trained to continue asking questions, and I think that that is the most valuable skill that science can give us. Uh, And I think it's really important to share that with everyone. The last thing that science communication is really important for is uh, promoting responsible use of science. So... um, Obviously, there are times when scientists create something and it does need to be regulated. So the atomic bomb, for example, or using CRISPR as a gene editing tool. Uh, the the scientist who won the Nobel Prize, one of the scientists who won the Nobel Prize for CRISPR, Jennifer Doudna, has kind of pivoted her career to talk about using caution and like thinking about What are the consequences of using this tool? And I think it's really important when we share this kind of disagreement in science with the with lay audiences that, um, you know, we can we can talk about what's uh, recommended by scientists and how that's going to affect people. So I've gone through several reasons about why I think science communication is important. And I would love to know after hearing this, if you have any other ideas of why you think hearing about science is important, why you think learning about science is important, or any hesitancies that you have about learning about science and how learning about science makes you feel if someone has told you that you uh, can't do science or you aren't qualified to do science, uh, I would I would love to hear about what you think and what you'd like to know about science and what you'd like to learn. I want this podcast to be a safe space and I will share stories from my own life, from my research, from uh, research that I know about. And I really want to just like kind of Take away the curtain, pull back the curtain, as it were, about the field of science and academia. Um, I would love to do an exercise before I close out this episode. Uh, If you are able, uh, close your eyes and think of a scientist. And I want you to think about who comes to mind and what that person looks like and what environment they're in. And typically, uh, when people picture scientists, it is a uh, white man in a lab coat that is, you know, locked away in a lab with a pipette and a microscope and safety goggles and pouring over a beaker. And maybe the maybe you have an Einstein image of like crazy hair and someone writing on a chalkboard in some dimly lit room. And. I think my goal in this podcast is not only for me to nerd out and share things that I'm really passionate about, but also to change the idea of what a scientist is and who can be a scientist. Um, So I hope that in listening to future episodes, you can um, learn some things and uh, realize and internalize that anyone can do science, that you don't have to have an advanced degree in a scientific field to be capable of being curious and approaching the world with wonder and asking questions and finding the answers. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope that you found this episode uh, interesting and relevant to you. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you and start this podcast. So I will see you next time for the STEM with Grace podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm River Terrell.